With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, and David Luiz wrong-footed. And Son could get the better of him here. Is it a gift equalizer? It is. Son replies quickly for Spurs. It's a big mistake from Kalasinac. He did David Luiz no favours whatsoever. Having said that, Son still had a lot to do, especially with the finish. He kept his head. Spurs have got a corner here. And they've got the moment. Tommy Alderweireld glanced it in. They picked off Arsenal at a set-piece. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs, providing you with instant reaction to the win against Arsenal. God, it feels good. Delighted to have three returning guests with me on The Last Word on Spurs. Of course, one of our regulars who's overseas at the moment, but still determined to join us. And we're delighted to have him here. Mr Lee McQueen is back on The Last Word on Spurs. Lee, how are you? Yo, 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 yo. It's a Tottenham win and let's get into it. Loving it. (laughs) It does feel good, doesn't it? I mean, regardless of whether I say you're does, a fan mate, of the style or the manager, I mean, beating them lot down the road, it's always special, regardless of whatever competition, whatever season. And you've got to enjoy it. You have to enjoy it. And I'm bringing two guests that I always really enjoy having back on this show from Sky Sports. Mr. Michael Bridge is back on the last word on Spurs. Mike, how are you? Yeah, I'm fantastic, Rick. Yeah, I've got to admit, I didn't expect the win. And I know we're going to go deep into it in a minute. So um, it's a season to forget, but, you know, we've got to enjoy this win. You're right. It has been a season to forget, but I say, beating them still, it's always a good, good feeling. And please, certainly last but not least, to have Ricky J Norwood back on the last word on Spurs. Ricks, how are you? I am good, my friend. I am good. I'm just, I just want to say that I was 100% confident this morning that we was going to win. <laughs> I knew it all day. I oh, bet you did. Uh, <laughs> outstanding performance against Bournemouth. I knew we was going to win this morning. So come on, you Spurs. <laughs> it's so much easier to say after the event, isn't it? It's so much easier to say after the event. Listen, so pleased to get the three points. The most important thing. And you know what, Mike? I'm actually going to start with you. I mean, we had to dig in, but it is a massive win for Spurs as we now overtake Arsenal and stay in the hunt for some form of European football. And 
you know, you look at it, Mike, on paper, it, it wasn't the greatest performance, but does it matter? Is it just all about the points at this stage for you? Uh, do you know what? I, it was a Jose performance, I think. I mean, look, you're going to get some Tottenham fans and they're just not going to take to him. It's a, it's a bit like a dad with, you know, with his daughter's boyfriend. He's just never going to take to him. But, you know, it, you know, second half, it just it felt they dug in a real Jose kind of three points. He knows how to get the win. Even Arteta said afterwards, look, shows he's still an excellent manager, an excellent tactician. You know, I don't expect Spurs to score from corners. So I actually did my head. Massive three points. We can debate whether we want to start the season in Gibraltar, early starts of the season in the Europa League. Jose wants to be in it. But I think we've had such disappointing weeks. Sheffield United and Bournemouth were, I mean, we can talk about the AR all day, but even so, the performances were absolutely unacceptable. We can enjoy this. There's still a hell of a lot to do. I don't want to start shying away from the fact that a lot of work still needs to be done. There's no doubt about that. And we need to sort of keep our, keep guarded on that. But we can enjoy this because we know for a fact if Spurs were lost today, we would have got the whole North London is red. And, you, you know, the things that we pretend it doesn't annoy us, but it does. So let's enjoy this one. And then hopefully it gives a little bit of a shining light to what, let's be honest, has been, has been a real season to forget. Rick's to come round to you. I mean, it restored some much needed pride, didn't it? As we keep on saying, emphasising, we needed to win badly and credit to the squad. So you have to say that kind of credit because I think every single player did work their socks off for each other. And I know there's been a lot of questions recently in terms of the commitment, the mentality of this Spurs team. But we need to be working like this in every single game, not just the North London derby. And that second half, as we emphasise, you know, it was by no means pretty Though the last 10 minutes of Spurs were decent, we did control the game, even Skip had a good 10 minutes when he came on. And you have to say, Rick, you know, Mourinho's plan, it worked, didn't it? Well, it did. We got the three points. But I think the biggest thing for me, especially after the last three games, I mean, I know we won against Everton, but it was it was a terrible game of football as well. And after Bournemouth, I, I didn't know what to think or feel. So to firstly, for me, the performance from from the, the, the whole squad, from, from the whole team, was great to see that response because we needed to see that. We needed to see that, that, that the boys had some pride in the shirt and, and, and you know, and, and some pride in playing, playing for the win and going out there and, like, playing, even though we're not there in, in the stadium, but playing for all of us fans at home, do you know what I mean? Like Because they've had nothing to 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 make a shout or sing this season. It's been a terrible season, like we've all said, one to forget. But, you know, it's going to be recorded on Amazon for forevermore. Um, but, um, but, you know, it, it, it was great to see um, that performance and to see a Jose performance, to see, to, to, to see a Mourinho performance from them boys. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Lucas played... Tremendous out on the left wing. Do you know what I mean? At times, I, I thought he was gonna get, we was gonna get the same type of Lucas happening, but there was a bit of tenacity in him. There was a, there was loads of energy in in, in his in his game. Um, at 60 minutes, I, I was I was kind of screaming for Bergwin to come on, um, but you know, in in Mourinho's favour, he kept him on. And he and he, he gave he gave us a performance. Harry, I thought Harry hassled and he was up there and he was disappointed that he didn't score today. I thought that was good to see him in the box and doing what he did, does best. It was great. Uh, I, when I saw four four two, I thought we was going to be sitting back and we was going to be trying to to, to um, like hold the ball for as long as we can or to just defend for as long as we can. And when the, the first ten minutes in the second half, I thought that's what we was going to do, do. But then after the drinks break. We went again 
And it was good to see that. It was great to see that. It was great to see a plan from the boys. And this, you know, we keep saying every time we get three points, it's something to build on. This is the game that they're starting to build on. You know, you know, and there's, it's always a great time for a North London derby. Even in the worst times, it was a great time for it, for the boys to kind of do what they've done today. Totally agree. Totally agree with you. Like I said, I think a case is always looking at a plan, seeing how we can move this team forward. Now, you have to say the players did work their socks off. Now, Brock Soccerball says, fantastic three points given the mess that we're in. However, all is not forgiven. Despite playing well today, we need to see this consistency from our side. Most importantly, though, North London is white and we cannot disagree with that. Spurs Uruguay says, how was that win even possible? Cody Max says, is this what it feels like to feel good? It's been a while since we've been able to feel good about this Spurs team. Mark Bradley Evans says, anyone see that plane? No, we haven't seen that plane, to be fair. I don't think anyone saw the plane. Mike, coming back round to you, you know, we had, it doesn't need to kind of be mentioned again, but we had obviously zero shots on target against Bournemouth, which was last Thursday, whilst Arsenal had an extra two days of rest. Yeah, you know, you look at the case that for Spurs, we came out, we played okay to get the win against Arsenal, and you consider that for Spurs, nine shots on target, which is one more than their previous four Premier League matches combined, and also two more than any other of their last 17 Premier League home games. Were you quite pleased by the approach of Spurs in that game against Arsenal, the intent? Yeah, I mean, I think it started off even after 15 seconds with Lucas's shot. I mean, you know, I think Lucas has been very disappointing um, this season. I mean, especially since the restart. And I know he's coming for a lot of criticism from supporters and maybe Bergwijn can feel slightly unlucky that he's been on the bench. But he started well and I think the system probably suited him a little bit more today. But Mourinho seems to trust him quite a lot. Um, Sissoko definitely had a job with Tierney as well. And you could see Mourinho always talking to Sissoko as well. Um, just what the game plan worked today. And, and sometimes playing straight after at the moment seems to work. I've got a lot of colleagues and friends saying to me, isn't this out of order? Spurs playing such, in such quick succession. I don't know about you guys, but I felt like I was watching Aston Villa every day. But sometimes, um, I think in, in this situation, I think, this, <laughs> I think it actually might. I think it actually might help because um, even playing, you know, what Sunday football, even just in you just your general fitness. When you keep doing it, you feel better every time. And I think the gap Tottenham had um, from West Ham to Sheffield United actually did them an awful lot of harm. Well, look, these players are they're programmed to play every three or four days. I'm, you know, so I didn't really have a problem with it, to be honest. And, you know, what do you do after that uh, performance against Bournemouth? You want to put things right very quickly. When you have a row with someone, you want to put things right as quickly as possible. When you know when you're in the wrong, you don't want to keep resting on it. And, the, you know, training can be miserable. Training's only good when things are going well. Uh, we all know there's situations there. We know things are stale in certain areas. But what this does do, this gives Jose a real platform then for the final few games. Let's see how they respond now. But they've beaten Arsenal. Let's see how they go on now for the next few games. I think it's very telling that he brought on Skip for the last few minutes and, and sort of over end on ballet. I know Mourinho sort of said, oh, yeah, it's because he was a Tottenham fan. It, wasn't, it wouldn't just be because that, you know, you'd bring mascots on if that was the case. You know, <laughs> it's because he trusted him and made him trust <laughs> You know, he maybe trusts him over the likes of Endon Bellet. I mean, yeah, so let's wait and see. But, you know, I'm, I'm delighted. I'm absolutely delighted. Um, but I just want to sort of keep everyone grounded because I, I just still, even the first half, we kept losing the ball. And the, mm, the yes. best part of watching Tottenham over all these years, 
you know, the bit was huge losses with Dembele and Eriksen was keeping the ball, yeah. you know, in the possession. It Spurs would have to improve on that because easily Arsenal um, could have pounced late in the, in the first half. And for me, I kept saying to people, it's coming, it's coming. I had this in us. And, you know, Aubameyang, forget the comparisons with Kane. He's still an excellent striker and he can score out of nothing. Like Lacazette scored out of nothing. So to come away with a win, even when we can still pick at things, is, is really is, is fantastic. You bring up there Undumbele, and it's a case that you know, Mourinho did make the free changes ahead of the game. We saw Sanchez, Hummin Son, Lucas Moura back in this team. And again, with Undumbele, leader, kind of bring it over to you. This question is from Rufus TD, who says, does this result show that Undumbele is not as important for the midfield as fans are making out. Now, some fans aren't that fast. I mean, for me personally, I know, Mike, maybe you feel the same, that you spent £65 million on your club record signing. He's not started one game since this enforced break. I mean, where are you on it, Lee? Was you quite happy when that team news came out? I think Jose was right today not to start him. It would have been a very, very strange decision just to almost what would have been like throwing him in to the North London derby because, you know, he hasn't trusted him. I think you used that word a minute ago, but you ain't trusted him up until now. So to throw him in and trust him in the North London derby would, would, would have been a strange, uh, strange decision. I think I, I can understand where he's come from as well. The whole skip thing being, a, you know, is he a Tottenham fan or whatever. But for me, it's about energy. Um, and, you know, we're not, we're not privy to, um, you know, what goes on behind closed doors and the training and so on and so forth. But, you know, we've said it enough on, on this pod uh, with, with, the, with, with Ricky and with Mike and, and everybody else that we've had on as well. That, you know, it just seems lackluster. He just seems lethargic. He doesn't doesn't seem like he's a player that's going to come in and put a foot in and, and and all that sort of stuff. And I think that there's a little bit of a bite, a little bit of a you know a, a, a naughty side, if you like, to a Celso, for example. And that's why probably Mourinho likes him. And you know, there's a there's a there's a bite and an energy about about a skip, for example, to come in and do a job. You know, one with two, one up, and that is very Mourinho style. You know, like shore it up a little bit or, or whatever. So. I wasn't surprised that he didn't he didn't start or even get on a pitch today. You know that's that's been Marino's way, isn't it, with with Ndombele. Uh, I think you, you made a made a point about Sanchez coming back into the side. I thought he was excellent today. Um, him and Toby, you know, yes, there, there was a, there was a couple of times. You know, that I think they had four or five shots on target that themselves and they had a lot of possession. But but the reality is they didn't they didn't really hurt us too much. I mean, it was, it was a fantastic strike from Lacazette. Um, and we'll probably get into Serge Aurier's performance in a bit. But other than that, I don't want to say we look comfortable because that would be, you know, that would be probably taking it a bit too far. But, you know, it's so difficult to watch this fixture. You know, if you've had a couple of beers or you're in the stadium and you're with your normal people and you can sing and you can vent off your, you know, you know through singing and whatever. But when you're at home and you're watching it on the TV and it's, it's a horrible fixture to watch, isn't it, at times? Um, and you know, I don't think we was we was really comfortable throughout the whole game um, because of that. But actually, if you go back and watch it now, we know the result. You go back and watch the extended highlights. I bet there's some really good moments in there um, that, that that we can reflect on, like Ricky said and, and Mike just said. You know, and we can build on. And, and that for me is it is about momentum and it's, it is about getting that 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 building now. Um, you know, Kane getting shots away. He should have scored today, Kane. It'd be, it'd be good. Son should pass through to him, for example. Yeah, yeah. You know, Sonny's got on a score sheet today. You know, Toby, you know, uh, you know, can't hit the ball. Yes, he can today. And he's stuck it in the net. You know, so, you know, there's, there's some real shoots. And, and, and actually, you talk about, you know, shots on goal and, you know, defensive situation and, and whatever. And you look at the Mourinho thing. And, and, and actually, 
you know it's a fortress. I still think he holds the Premier League record for the amount of home games on unbeaten. I think it's like four years or three and a half years or whatever, something stupid at Stamford Bridge. And you can start to see that moment. You can see where he's going with it. I'm not saying it's pretty, it's not swashbuckling football uh, and, and, and it won't be for a long time. But if we, can, if we can start to keep clean sheets and start to hit people on the counter, you know, we're, we're not going to be taking 60, 70% possession anymore. That's just not his way. You know, I think we had less than 40% today. But like I said a couple of weeks ago, Leicester won a title with less than 40% average possession. So, you know, I'm sure every Spurs fan listening to this and, and, and around the world, if we won the title, would be very, very happy regardless. And, you know, hopefully that's what we're building. But, you know, the, the games that have gone before this have, have been absolutely woeful. Boring, woeful, sideways, backwards passing. You know, and I'm saying that because I don't want to be, uh, you know, accused of just being, uh, you know, papering over the cracks yeah, and unrealistic course, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Mm. You no, know, at the end of that, it's been freaking woeful. And we don't want to watch our team like that. However, we won today in the North London derby. Come on, you Spurs. And that, that you've got to enjoy this game. Otherwise, it's just going to be always a downbeat, always a downbeat. So, you know, for me, I'm upbeat. It's happy days. And, you know, just on Jose Mourinho, still hasn't lost a home game to Arsenal. Still has got that record in place. As he says, it's beautiful. Rick, I mean, listen, Dave Waitman says here, do you think 4-4-2 is a good formation for the long term? And also, can I caveat that by also asking you about Undumbele because Mike's kind of brought it up already. This is from Cody Norris. Says, There's a place for Tungi and it's a so-called a Winx's position. He just needs a chance to play. How do you feel, Rick, in terms of Undumbele's inclusion? Or would you rather just focus on the positives of the game? On Undumbele, uh, he was the one... If we signed one player last year, he was the one that I wanted and uh, we got him. But I remember saying at the beginning of the season on this pod that, like, especially under Poch's regime, and we didn't know what was going to happen, but um, it's going to take him at least a year to kind of get to the training uh, regime, like, and how intense the in training is um, in the Premier League and, and at Tottenham. And then the pace of the game as well. Him coming from the French League, is a, it's a little bit... It, there is pace in the game, but there, there are times where, like, um, they can settle. <clears throat> There's times where you can rest on the ball a, um, a little bit more, and you can't do that in the in the Premier League. Um, I, I think seeing him against Bournemouth, um, it was great to see a bit of energy from him. It was great to see him wanting to be on the ball and want to play uh, and play a forward pass. <clears throat> That's what I was excited to see, to play a forward pass and an incisive pass, you know, you know, a, a pass with imagination. Um, he is, there, there is such a player in there, like he has got bags and bags of talent. And I think that a, a bit like Dembele, when Dembele first turned up, like we didn't know what position he was and he used to dribble and he used to dribble in, like he used to, he could beat three or four men, but then he used to run into the, the, the fifth one. Do you know what I mean? Without passing it and stuff like that. And it was only until Poch turned up with a plan that gave Dembele kind of license to do what he'd done. And then he blossomed into a, 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 an irreplaceable, undroppable type of player. And I think with Dembele, I think we're going to have to give him a bit of time and a bit of patience. Um, I, I, mean, the, I mean, he wasn't on for long against Bournemouth, but when he was on, you saw maybe after about 15 minutes that like he started to slow down a little bit. So... There is there is fitness uh, issues there, <clears throat> and I think that it's going to be important for the club and um, and um, Endombele to be kind of fit and firing for next year to 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 be on that pitch. I think Mourinho putting on skip is is an is another kind of 
message as well, saying that like I would, I, I, I'm trusting the, the youngster over the, the the big boy signing, over the big money signing right now. I think for 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 Mourinho as well, that's that's massive because he's normally all about the big boy signing. Do you know what I mean? So he's he's sending a message out there. He's sending a message to the fans saying that we don't need Ndombele to win, but we want him there. Do you know what I mean? And hopefully that puts a fire un- under him to kind of be fit and be 100% and be ready to go for next year. You know, but he does need some minutes. He does need more minutes and he does need more games. And we, we need to start kind of bleeding him into, into, the, into the team ready for next year. Um, on the four four two, I at first I was worried because we haven't played four four two for a while. Uh, Tottenham traditionally uh, are, are a great, you know, we play. We, we've had some good success with a four four two in the past, um, and, um, and and when I saw the lineup, I thought firstly, if we was going to do the four four two, that that Bergie should have played the left hand side instead of Lucas. Um, when I saw Lucas playing, I was like, oh, I didn't know whether this was the right game for him to play. But he showed up, he turned up and he kind of repaid Mourinho's faith in him. So if, uh, it might be a thing working forward. It was it was solid and it gave it gave us periods of play where we were attacked. As Lee said, we had more shots today than than I don't know how long, you know, what I mean, since the restart or whatever, whatever the stat is. And th- there is encouragement there. Yes, it's about having your feet on the ground. But for me, I saw a plan. I saw a plan where defence and midfield and attack work together. I, 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 saw, I saw them fight for each other. Or I saw them run for each other. Uh, you know, like uh, uh, Sissoko being on the right-hand side it allowed him to cover Serge a bit better. So Someone's got Rick, Serge haven't they? With Serge. Someone's well, got a babysitting. But but at, le- but at least he's doing <laughs> it on the right hand side rather than the midfield. You're right. Do you know what on. I mean? Like and, yeah. and, and, and leave and leaving gaps left to right yeah. and centre. So yeah, for me, like I say, there, there's plans going forward, and that's what I needed to see see today. Talk about quite a lot about smiles on your faces, and you know it, it sounds almost sounds kind quite juvenile. Now, what's he talking about? This idiot like smiles on your faces, but it makes such a huge difference, you know. Even when we equalised, there wasn't that many smiles going around. Do you know what I mean? Like celebrating the goals. I know the stadium's empty. When we got the winner, you saw the passion in Toby to get that winner and everybody jumping on him. And, you know, it, you know, I talk about smiles and haircuts, don't I? Do you know what I mean? But you know what I'm like. But it is important because it's a, it is about enjoying football. It's about enjoying what you're doing. It's about getting to grips with the tactics, the system that we're playing, the new manager. And, and, and actually, you know, I've highlighted so many times on, on, on the show, on the pods, about how many times we chop and change our full-backs, our, our, our centre-backs, how many chop and, how many times you chop and change a goalkeeper, how many times, you know, we, we, we've got to be one of the worst in the league for, you know, for, for lack of stability in terms of the positions. You know, and we, we've got Eric Dyer in there, playing centre-back, playing centre-back, bang, gets a ban. You know, all of a sudden, then, you know, we've got Sanchez is out and then we're playing Vuitton and all the world again. And then all of a sudden now Sanchez and all the world play. You know, and it's, and it's about that consistency side of thing. Ben Davis, whether or not you love him or you loathe him or, you know, you're somewhere in between. But he's now had a run of games at left back. Like he is now had a run of games that can only help us. Do you understand where I'm coming from? And, and that, the, the smiles on the faces, the confidence that Mike talked about uh, uh, earlier, it's massive. In football, it is massive in sport. It is massive in business. Whatever we do, to be confident enough to get on the front foot, 
to be confident enough to take a shot, to be confident enough to try that pass, knowing that you're not going to get ridiculed. Or, you know, we, we've gone through such a bad period over the last probably year, 18 months or so. You know, the, the Champions League final maybe pa- uh, papered over the cracks or whatever. We've been woeful away from home in the league, which is why Poch uh, lost his job and all that sort of stuff. The confidence just draining out of them same, them, them same players. And, and I just think that with these little wins, these little mini wins, winning the little battles, if you like, is going to help of that confidence to start to get some sort of um, momentum back. And it's really, really important. Yeah, j- just for the record, I thought I think the Celso has been very good. A lot of people are waxing lyrical about the Celso, but I think he plays very deep. Uh, you too know, deep. I, I was far expect- too deep. Yeah, far I, 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 was, deep. I was expecting I was expecting him to come. He needs to be 10, 15 yards further 100%. up the pitch and start and start influencing the game. And yeah. you know, um, I mentioned about um, Dembele, Ricky. You, me, mentioned about Dembele's like where was his best position? It's such a good comparison to Undembele because. Where is his best position? I actually, I actually thought when we when we signed him, he was a CDM, like a defensive midfielder, right? But 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 actually, he probably needs to play a number ten role because he, you can't trust the guy to get back and put tackles in and so on and so forth. And actually, if Lacelso is playing deep where he is, maybe and and comes in a bit further up the pitch. But you know, what do I know? But I just think that 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 whole momentum and confidence is absolutely critical. In, in success in a football team and, and, and we're lacking that hugely and this is going to help isn't it? We hope so I mean Bridgie talk about confidence there and I think this is one player there at the moment I'm not feeling very confident at all watching him I don't know how you feel Serge Aurier in that opening kind of <laughs> 10-15 minutes I mean Arsenal took the lead because it was a very loose touch from him we eventually gave away the ball to Lacazette who rifled it into the top corner but I mean, it's a consequence of Aurier being so helpless in defence that we have to place a Soko to kind of babysit him, meaning that sometimes we end up with a Soko in attacking positions instead of helping someone like Steven Bergvine. How, Mike, are we going to carry on being able to support this guy? I mean, I know Mourinho kind of gives him this kind of free roll, and that's his decision to do that. I mean, we have kind of Ben Davis, and then we have the two centre-backs, and you have kind of Aurier so high up and enforced. Is it going to work like this, or do we have to really in the summer look at this as an area to improve the squad? We've always had reservations over Aurea from kind of day one, haven't we? If Tottenham don't sign a right back this summer, I will be astounded. Look at all the successful teams. Let's take Liverpool, for example. Andy Robertson, Trent Alexander-Arnold. This In current football now, the full-backs play as forwards, wingers, you name it. And so many times you see if, if Aurea plays a all over. There's no one on that left-hand side. We know Danny Rose probably didn't totally leave for football reasons, probably more fo- football politics reasons. Now, I like Ben Davis, but Spurs need someone to bomb down that wing. Now, for me, it's not Ryan Sessegnon yet. I think he could do a year loan, whether it be someone like Leeds or whoever, give him a loan in the Premier League. Because at the moment, it's, he's wasting his time on the bench. But Spurs really desperately need to address this fullback situation. And you know, on Lee's point on the sell side, you know, I, I think people sometimes are going a little bit. Sometimes I feel like he's Maradona the way some are going on. I I like La Celso. Do not get me wrong. Craving the assists, not of of the man, Christian Eriksen. He's gone. He wanted to go. Please don't mistake me. He's gone. I understand that. But Tottenham need to address that. Because there's no point in people tweeting me all the time going, well, we bought La Celso for that. Well, yes. But at the moment, they're not getting the assistant goals out of the Celso. So it's irrelevant people telling me that's what the Celso is bought for. Because as, as we've said, Rick, you know, it was always going to be 
Self-sown Fernandez. Well, I was, I was about Ericsson to say that to you, Mike. This was the, this is the pinnacle and, clip that you shot. I mean, it was, it's like it's always clip, you, the yeah. show. It should be. It should have been both. It should. I mean, how, Mike? Did we only get one? And in the end, how did we only get the well, one? It, it's madness. It was isn't supposed it? to be two out. The, it was yep. supposed to be two out of three. Look, I understand it was difficult with Ericsson's situation. Yeah. You know, there was. You know, he didn't want to sign the contract, and perhaps looking back, you know, Arsenal are bad for it, and Spurs are usually fantastic at contracts. They should have addressed it the season before. I do. I, I know. I bore people with this because Fernandez, but like someone, a few people at the start said, oh, he's only doing it in the Europa League, but we've seen it now, how he has transformed Manchester United Football Club. We've not lost a game, have they? Like, they haven't lost a game since the, yeah. since the enforced break. Yeah, no, even, they've been outstanding. Even, even, the, even the players around them. Mm. And I spoke to a United Supporters Trust member and he said, we've not loved the midfielder like this since goals. What he's doing to players around him, you know, I know I'm boring people on this, but I just think we've spent, when going forward, you look, you know, Ericsson was behind only David Silver in terms of key assists, key yep. passes. You think of all the crap games we used to watch. Brighton at home, Ericsson, 89th minute. Yep. I know he was frustrating. I know the last few months was bad. But even against when he came on against Olympiacos, he turned the game. Against Villa, first game season, he turned the game. We just need that bit more guile. Is he not too deep, Mike? Do you think, is it, is it a case of his well, positioning is not benefiting him for the team at the moment? I'll tell you what, I totally agree with Lee on the end on ballet thing because he's got a real pass on him uh, and he, he is in a CDM. Uh, so that's why, you know, but, you know, the talk of Heuberg at the moment um, and, you know, asking a couple of my Southampton um, colleagues, season ticket holders, now, whether they're saying this to me because they know he's off and they don't want to say anything good about him, but they're a bit, I'm surprised Tottenham are going for him really. You know, he's, he's, he's no Schneidlin, he's no Wayne Yama. I was like, well, you know, are we are Tottenham now looking for someone just to do the really messy? Because, uh, you know, it's not Winks' job. And I don't think Winks wants to do it. And, you know, people, again, another Marmite player. But has he sort of stagnated a little bit? Or is he just someone who doesn't want to be in that position? So they just need someone to mop up um, the back four. But, yeah, I think the Celso just... Also, as well, it's always with Murph Rembrandt. He came in with an injury... Um, and it must be very tough for him. He's now on a permanent deal from January. Of course, that there's going to be. He has got so much talent. And I tell you what, as well, he's got some aggression on him, hasn't he? He has got some aggression on him. Yeah, he's um, got a bit of bite on him. Isn't he? He's got a bit yeah, of nastiness yeah. about him. Yeah. Now, now I know your original question, Rick, was on Aurier. Now, for me, <laughs> Tottenham really do need to address the fullbacks in this summer urgently. I really do. I think it's it's so important. It, yeah. They're such important positions, Rick. And you know, it, to be fair to like to the Gooners, like if Tierney stayed fit, oh, he'd, he'd be he a looks really good, doesn't he? I hate to you say know, it. I, yeah. No, yeah. I mean I, I watch a lot of Scottish football, and the, mm. the problem with Tierney for Arsenal fans is he all he gets injured a lot. You know, if he gets a a shoulder injury, it's always going to be three months with him. If he gets this, it's always going to be longer than than weeks. That's what's put other clubs off. But he is a decent player. And you see Arteta today pushing him forward. I'd like to see Spurs really address the fullback situation. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that I've not really heard any names for left back, I'm not so sure if they will go for a left back, but I'm pretty certain they'll go for a right back. Mm-hmm. Ricks on Sergio. I mean, he picked up a yellow card on the 34th minute after losing the ball to the Frenchman before going through to get the ball with a challenge. Aubameyang then got in behind him just before the hour mark and smashed a shot off the upright. I mean... He also struggled with the quality of his crosses. Rick, for you with Aurea, would you be looking to move him on as soon as that transfer window opens? Literally? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, bro. Like, I, I, I'm kind of done. With, I, I was kind of done with Serge b- b- before the lockdown. But, like, lockdown 
you know, made me miss football and appreciate football and 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 appreciate us kind of the the the, the love and the pain of football at the same time. So I, I tried to give him another chance and I tried to look at his stats and stuff like that. But then I started to watch him play again, and um, yeah, it's just blind passes for me, man. And it's, it, it seems like that the the team is almost like this season anyway has almost been built around Serge and. Do you know what I mean? Letting him play right wing and, and, and letting him play like he thinks he's like Mane. Do you know what I mean? And he's not. If he was, fantastic. If he was a 90-minute a, a guy, fantastic, man. Because there is power in him. There is pace in him. He, he does have a cross if he looks up. If, but it, it just seems like he gets to the edge and it's a bit like FIFA that he presses the cross button and w- when it's time because like, it's the time <laughs> to cross rather than anybody being in there to cross yeah. too. I don't understand why we can't do the same on the left side and let Sessegnon like and let's bleed let's bleed Sess well I'm the same the, as you Rick uh, yeah, yeah the same. exactly just, yeah. just, just, just switch way. it all over switch it the other way, yeah. it the other way yeah. man because yeah. the surge the surge out ball is, is doing my nothing it does my nothing <laughs> every time that I see it everyone like does a little pivot look for surge do me a favour like, I think you're being kind to call it an out. I think you're being kind to call it an outlet at the moment. Surgeria. <laughs> 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 I mean, at the moment, I think you're spot on. Think, Who knows what I he's offering? I think the other thing as well, lads, on not just on Surge, you know, I just don't want to batter Surgeria, although I agree with everything we've been saying. But, you know, going back to a point that Mike, you made earlier about, um, you know, the, giving the ball away, there are some instances today, and you just think, Man alive, like we're paid a lot of money, these players, to make them passes. Like you can't, you know, just aimlessly give the ball away. And, you know, we put ourselves under so much pressure so many different times. And it wasn't even about Arsenal pressing and, you know, that sort of stuff. It was just aimless balls. And you just think, I tell you what's going to happen here. You can see that that, that ball's going to come backwards, going to go sideways, going to go yeah. backwards. Then we're going to hoof it forward. Kane's going to lose out or, 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 or win the first ball. No one to drop down to and it's going to come straight back at us. And you think, that, that can't be a tactic. For the first 15 minutes of the second half, I was, I was thinking, here we go, like, look, they've, got, they've got to grips with the game here. I, surely, lads, surely, listeners, Jose did not say at half-time, right, lads, I'll tell you what we'll do, just lose the ball. Well, well, surely he didn't say that to them, did he? Can I say, before we discuss losing the ball, we have got to go for a very quick break and when we return... We're discussing Sonny back on the score sheet for Tottenham. Toby Adavirald steering Tottenham to a win in the North London derby. Plus some of the individual performances. I think we've mentioned quite a number already. And a look ahead to Newcastle. So do not go anywhere. We are back after this very, very short break. Hello and welcome back to the second half of The Last Word on Spurs. Lively panel with me here looking back for instant reaction of the win against Arsenal. Mike, to steer the show back round to you. I mean, we thought Serge Aurier was bad and you kind of then meet his double in David Luiz, to be honest with you, because it was kind of minutes later. Arsenal, the architects of their own downfall as Kolasinac's pass to Luiz wrong foots the Brazilian and Sonny's on hand to pick his pocket and chip over Martinez for his first goal since the restart. A beautiful, lovely little dink chip. What did you make of that finish from Hummin Son? I mean, I think, you know, everyone has been criticising Tottenham heavily and, you know, rightly so. Um, at the same time, people have been praising Arsenal, saying Meko Arteta's, you know, looks like he's got a plan there. You know, they had a very good win at Wolves, uh, you know, and it looked like they're probably going to end up finishing above us. I mean, it's no foregone conclusion we're going to finish above them now, but, you know, we've given ourselves the opportunity now to do so. Um, look, it's one win, yes, 
But it's a good win. It's a nice win. It's been horrible this season for so, so many reasons. We could write a long, long list of the reasons why it's been, it's been so bad. And, you know, you've got fans bickering online you know, about certain situations which we're all aware about and who we should have signed and who needs to leave the club. The biggest mistake I think Jose has made really over the last few weeks is when he said, I only need one or two. He doesn't. He needs a lot more than that. Whether he gets more, and I think he will know now. I mean, he said against Bournemouth, you know, he's disappointed with people. Is he playing to the club's line then, Mike? I must ask you, but do you think he's just playing to the club's line? He's he's not, is he really going to come out and say, I need six or seven? I just couldn't imagine him saying that. I mean, he must know in his heart of hearts that he needs a lot more than one or two. I mean, we, as fans, we know that this guy's won everything in the game. Surely he knows that as well. Yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd imagine so. I mean... I think we see a Jose when he's maybe been a bit more genuine when he's angry. Mm, yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, in his press conferences against um, West Ham and uh, others, he's been in a really good mood. And believe me, press conferences on Zoom can be a real nightmare. Unmuted, mute, mute, unmuted. Seen, and we've seen, we've seen it. Can you mute, please? Can you mute? I think it's because he heard. I, I think it's because he heard Alistair was going to ask him a question. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, but um, no, I mean, yeah. no, I mean, but 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 the the one his press conference after Sheffield United, he looked he looked really flat, as if like I've been let down here. Um, but look, if if it is going to be tight this summer, then uh, you know, do these pacey wingers work for me? Son, every time he's not a winger. You know, you see they've got the two up front in this match against Arsenal. Son looked much more bright today. Now, he's by far, he's not ready by yeah, four. He's not the Son we know. But he just looked like a striker. Him and Kane up top. Look, Lacazette was up front with Aubameyang. So, get him up top with him. You know, I can imagine if Son and Kane are up front Wednesday at Newcastle, they'll cause Newcastle problems. The thing about Son, he does not like playing wide. He hates it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of work still to do. But... You know, it is just great for fans to be happy. It's just so nice everyone's agreeing with each other. Yeah? There's so much, so much bile sometimes on social media, you know. And, you know, we have to have it for a lot of the time for our jobs and everything. But mm, yeah. you don't like arguing with people you don't know. You don't like receiving nasty totally. messages from people you don't know. You know, <laughs> totally. and sometimes it goes oh. too far. But you know what? It's this one agreement we can all have. It's nice beating your rivals. 100%. Yeah, Totally. Yeah. And you've got to enjoy that. And Mike, can, can I just ask you as well, if, if I'd be so bold as well, because, yeah. you know, you talk there about, you know, Sonny and Kane up top. Um, you know, you know the, the, the players or the personnel that we've got over the next kind of, you know, three games, obviously, until, until the close, what, why not play three at the back? You know, yeah. and then have your, wing, have your wing backs, right? Yeah. So then you've got a situation where you've got a cess. And, yeah. and or, you know, dare I say it in all way, but he wouldn't be on my side. Then you've mm. got two up top. You, yeah. then, then you've got that midfield. You could have a midfield three in there. And, and, and actually that, that suits or maybe maybe fits us a little bit more, better yeah. for these last few games. Do you see what I mean? Like, well, you, well, you've well, got the personnel to play through at the back, haven't you? With, with a Sanchez, yeah. a Dyer, all of a world, a Vertonghen, you know, well, with well, Ben Davis yeah. coming in. Yeah. Well, well, the way I'd see it now is with three games, if you, if Ndombele is on the bench for all of them, you, you, you could ask the question that he could be off or that, you know, he's one player that that Tottenham could get their money back for or maybe a bit more, I don't know. But Jose just said to the board and the transfer committee, look, he doesn't fit in with my plans. He wants to go. We get good money for him. I've got X, Y, Z I'd like to bring in. I don't know. I'm speculating. But... 
Jose will know who he needs. He's a very, 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 very intelligent man. Even if you don't like the bloke, he's a very intelligent man. Now, if he's not getting on with them, Ndombele, if Ndombele is not pulling his weight, I mean, no pun intended. But look, there are some fans out there <laughs> who are actually very disappointed in Ndombele. They, they, they're not happy. They, no, they yeah, look, they look, you know, I've, I've spoken to a couple of yeah, journalists. You know, I've, I, as a Sky employee, I've not been able to get into the games because it's only for the uh, OB, the outside broadcast. But some of the journals I've spoke to, they say he barely warms up. You know, <laughs> he's just sort of slouching and just not. But then you'll get some fans say, no, give him a summer. You know, he could fit in. You know, it's hard for a player. And I, I agree with that sentiment as well. I think the problem is, is that we were so excited when he signed. He, as, as Rick said earlier, you know, he was seemed to be the glue we were we were missing. And, you know, I mean, to be fair, boys, anyone looks good on YouTube. I mean, even a showreel from Lee McQueen would look good. Do you know what I mean? But like, Jesus but then, Christ. <laughs> you, have you seen my showreels? They're epic. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm with two BBC lads here. Um, <laughs> that's it, that's it. No, but just, just, just quickly on that, if I can interact with you on that. Yeah. I think you're absolutely, again, you're spot on. But look at Fernandez. We just talked about him. Look yeah. at Bruno. He's walked in there. He ain't needed a summer. He ain't needed no. a year. He ain't needed nothing. He's just walked in and gone, all right, lads, how are you getting on? I'm going to have 15 shots a game and I'm going to score two. I'm going to make some assists and I'm going to drag your sorry asses to my level. Who's up for yeah. it? That's basically what he's done. And everyone's <laughs> looked around and gone, Jesus, this guy's an epic. Like, I want some of that. And they've all raised their game because Bruno Fernandes fl- flicked up collar. Eric Cantona style, I'm in the house. Who wants some? Yeah, that's what they've done. Paul Pogba's coming back in the mix. He's like, yeah, look at all this. And it's again, it's that confidence, that swagger, smile on your face. I'm going to make it happen. And Dombele ain't had any of that. So it has been disappointing. And, you know, and like I said, you know, Lee, Levy like, gets a lot of stick and, you know, fair play, like a load of stick. You know, what have we done in 20 years or 21 years or whatever it might be? But every time he's going to spend big money on a player, they freaking virtually failed. Like every single time he's spent big, big bollock on a player. Lamella, you can argue, 30 million. Soldado, 30 million. Undumbele, 65 million. You could argue this all day long. You know, Paulino, 20-odd million. You know, the list goes on and on and on. The recruitment's freaking shocking at Spurs. And that's the bit that needs to happen. No, I'm not a transfer person. You know that. I'm not, you know, you boys are transfers. But at the end of the day, our recruitment is bloody shocking. And at the end of the day, that's the bit that's going to change the club. And if Jose turns around and says, sell Undumbele in the summer... Get some funds in because I'm going to do a Liverpool and get a VD, uh, a, v, uh, a Virgil van Dijk or, or an Allison in my side, and we're going to go and win titles. I'm, I'm, I'm good enough for that. We can't get rid of Jose Mourinho. He's on 15 million years. It's going to cost us 45 million to get rid of him. So he's here, whether or not we like him or not. But the reality is, back the manager and Levy, do something. Back the manager and get the right players in. If, if you're not the man to do the recruitment yourself and do the negotiation, and get somebody else in. Now, because at the end of the day. This is the bit that's killing us at the moment. It's the recruitment of bad players. Well, can I just say, Rick, come around to you. One player that, you know, from a recruitment perspective, we have done quite well on is Hummin Son. His first goal in 10 Premier League games against Arsenal. He was also the fourth player to score 10 Premier League goals plus in four consecutive seasons for Spurs now after Teddy Sheringham, Robbie Keane and Harry Kane. How important, Rick, for you was the timing of that equaliser from Son. Because, I mean, overall his game, he was playing right up top with Harry Kane, as we know. Um, he ran onto a misplaced Kostelanich pass to kind of make that goal happen. Got the assist from the corner with Erdogan heading home. And really, he should have got another if he picked out Kane from a late break. But you can't ask much more than what Son contributed overall, can you, in terms of that game? 
No, and and the timing of the equaliser was pivotal for all of us. It was pivotal for all of us fans. It was pivotal for the team to get straight back in it and get straight back in the fight. Like, you know, uh, the, the heads have dropped every time something's gone against us the last couple of weeks. So it was great to see a, an instant response and, and a, a beautiful goal from Sonny. Um, um, I know he, we, we're saying that he should have passed. The, the square ball was there for Kane a bit later on in the game. But I kind of liked that he was a bit selfish. I kind of liked that he was a bit Jermaine Defoe-ish. Do you know what I mean? And and just went in there and and was feeling the shot rather than always looking for Harry. You know, um, th- there was a covering defender there. So, you know, may- maybe in Sonny's head, he thought, well, let me just take the shot. You know, the pass might not get there. Do you know what I mean? So I, I kind of liked the, to, to see him up front, to see him as the second striker, to see him playing through the middle and kind of, and, and being dangerous and, and, uh, affecting the, the the game up top, it was great to see that. And so, so, so for for me, it was great to see um, a revitalized Sonny again because, like you know, Sonny's performances so so for the last couple of three four games have not been what we would call Sonny like. You know, like he, the, the 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 smile's not so wide, like the teeth are not so bright. You know, and um, it, it was good to see him with a bounce in his step and some fight in his belly and, and get get that goal, you know. Um, j- just on what you were saying about, like, Mourinho as well, kind of asking for players and saying that he only needs two in the presser. Um, I, you know what? I think, like, um, with the squad, I think it's really tough for him to say, I need six or seven players because then six or seven players in the team that he wants to go out and beat the Gooners do you know what I mean? Might be looking and going, well, what am I playing for? Like, what's the point of me giving you everything if if I'm one of those six or seven? You know, so I think keeping his cards close to his chest is is probably a better tactic for, to try and get some more out of the squad that we already have. And he already knows that we're going to be going forward with more of them than less of them. Do you know what I mean? Like, he already knows that the majority of the squad is going to be is going to be what it is. So. Um, I think he's got to keep his cards close to his chest. I think he is. Go- he. I think he's going to go to work on that defence. I think we need a couple of right backs, another left back. I think we need another centre back just to be sure. Do you know what I mean? Left sided. You know what I mean? So for when Yang goes. Um, yeah. I, I, you know. I, I. I. And I think, like you say, you know what I mean. Mourinho ain't going to settle for for certain players. Like he's got his contacts. He's got his level. He's, he he wants more. He wants soldiers. He wants soldiers to run and fight for him. So if they don't fit that profile, then then I don't think they'll be coming through the door. You know, because I think that's what he's looking for. I think that's what these games are for to see who are his soldiers that he can move forward with. And that's why I get like just to go to Toby, like to see Toby come in. He like to to sign a new contract to to miss the the restart games. To see Dyer get some accolades and to see him play well and then to come in and be so professional and be a leader and almost be the captain, you know what I mean? Almost have captain performances the last last couple of games, you know what I mean? And he's calm great and point, Great point. Yeah, like it was great to see that and to see him as a Mourinho soldier. So so there, there is a lot of st- stuff to happen at, in that squad, but I don't think Mourinho can say too much until the summer comes itself. Mm. No, I think I think like I say on that point, you know, the squad itself. I think that's maybe why we're saying this kind of style of football at the moment because he's working with the options he's got. I mean, Mike 
Rick brought in there about Tobad Averroes, you know, coming back into the team in the last couple of games. I mean, he defended really, really well, and he was personally rewarded for it with a great towering header from Sonny's corner of under 10 minutes to go. And I will put in there the fact that Davison Sanchez, I think he looked fairly composed throughout. I mean, Ben Davis, I think we know what we're going to get from Ben. We know that Ben is, like I say, stable, quite reliable, but he's not going to be this kind of swashbuckling left-back that's going to bomb up the wing. That's just not his game. And, you know, you kind of already mentioned the need for Spurs to go in and really try and reinforce the back line, especially the full-backs. How have you made of Alderweireld's last couple of appearances, Mike? Would he still be a player for you that he'll be pivotal to Mourinho's plans next season? Yes, I do, Rick. I mean, look, if, if Spurs are in Europe, they will need four centre-halves. They'll need two right-backs. They'll need two left-backs. Your season changes completely when you're playing this Thursday, Sunday. I don't care what anyone says. It's, it's proof that you have to have a bigger squad. The only issue is Jose likes working with a squad of 22 or 23. But then he'll bring in, you know, the Harvey Whites. Um, he'll, and, you know, maybe Sessions, who, who knows? But Toby, I think, is still a big part of this side. He loves being here. Um, and when they gave him this new contract, it seemed a bit, oh, when he, when he was a sub not used for the last few games. But he's come in and he's... He's given a bit like a captain's performance today as well. Now he gets it as well. Now a lot, he, you know, his social media media is managed, um, but we love, we do feel like he does seem like a Spurs guy. I certainly feel confident when he is in the side. Even now, um, I'm I'd have Toby and Dyer as my first choice if I had the choice at the moment. I still think Davidson can be slight uh, iffy at times, but again. I mean, look, I'm being spoiled here, but I, I, I would look at a centre half in the summer as well. I think, well, we, I think we need to address all areas, if I'm honest. But mm. um, I think Dyer slotted in there really well. It was very interesting uh, um, what Jose was saying um, in a one-to-one on Sky the other day. Ben Dyer, I mean, he liked him a lot when he was Manchester United manager. Let me tell you, um, but um, he said, to, you know, to Eric, you know, look, I'm, I'm gonna, you're gonna be a defender. It's it's not going to be a smooth transition, but you are going to. We will make you a defender. And it was interesting that even during um, the lockdown, that they kept in touch every day on Zoom, talking about defending, the art of defending. And I think we've seen that. I mean, look, Spurs are looking poor going forward, and we're not. We haven't been that entertained to watch. But we got a clean sheet against Everton. We got a clean sheet against West Ham. It was only a penalty against free-flowing Manchester United. Sheffield United was the one where they completely let us all down. They let all supporters down that second half. You know, we can talk about VAR, but you still got to go out that second half and right those wrongs. Clean sheet Thursday against the Bournemouth side who's just banged in four. And the defence all in all today was was relatively solid. I think the only times it looked a bit iffy is when I keep saying, stop giving the ball away. I think, you know, when Serge, I think, gave the ball away originally and then he went for the tackle. I know people said that, you know, Lacazette should have been closed down. But as soon as they stop giving the ball away. But yeah, going back to your question, um, I would like Toby to still be involved with the squad next season, but with the hope that maybe they do bring someone else in. Yeah, I think I say Alderweireld's still got a lot to offer. And I think from a leadership perspective, you see in interviews after the game, he seems to be one of those players that isn't afraid to come out and speak, whether it's good or whether it's bad. And Lee, you know, Alderweireld is the first Spurs player to score against Arsenal at both White Hart Lane and the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. For you, Lee... Do you see Adavirol still being the mainstay of this defence, whoever that centre-back partnership is with, whether it's with Sanchez, whether it's with Dyer, come next season? It does kind of bring an air of calm to the defence. You know what I mean? It's like, I think Sanchez looks better when he's alongside a Toby. 
does that make sense? So it's kind of like that, I hope it's that, that experience piece. Look, it, look, it's clear to, to probably everybody uh, inside and outside the club that Jan's, Jan's going to go. So, you know, Toby's going to be the, you know, the only centre-back, kind of senior centre-back, really, that's going to be left at the club. And I think Jan's got a big part to play um, in that. You know, look, I, I go back to, Steve, you know, I love my stats and all that sort of stuff. You know, when we brought Toby in, um, I think he had a loan at, um, at uh, Atletico Madrid. He got to the Champions League final when he was there. Um, and then he obviously, he's, he, or, or he was playing for Atletico Madrid and he got a loan to Southampton. Then we, we nabbed him for 11 million quid. We had the best defensive record in the Premier League um, uh, one season. And then the, the, the season just before, I think it was one goal, two goals with him in there. For two seasons on the trot. He's absolutely transformed our defence. He was outstanding. And, and I still think he's got that quality. Maybe there's a certain couple of things that have dropped off uh, of his game. Um, you know, because of age and whatever it might be, but he's, there is no doubt he's still outstanding. He's got that, uh, a lot of that experience. You know, you talk about winners, uh, talk about people coming into the squad that are winners. Now, yes, he's won uh, championships with Ajax and whatever, but he's been to a Champions League final not only with us as all the other lads have, obviously, but he's been with it with with Atletico Madrid as well. So he's got a lot of experience to offer, and I think that, that that's why when Sanchez plays with him. It gives him that kind of stability. Now, I don't know how many caps Toby's got for Belgium. Maybe one of you guys better tell me. One of the listeners will be or whatever. But it, it must be upwards of 80, 90, 100 caps or whatever for Belgium as well. So he's got a lot of experience to draw on. And I think that's invaluable. So is, is he a starter every week? I think, you know, the way Jose used him. And I think, Ricky, I think you made a really good point earlier. You know, Dyer's coming in. It's going to be Dyer, you know, for the first three games or whatever the restart. And, and Toby's thought, hang on a minute. I've got to get back in the side here. That's, again, that can only be a good thing. Sometimes we don't like the way Jose does things, but but he's you know there's no doubt in anybody's mind, surely um, you know on the pod and, and and the listeners that he is a winner and he's a serial winner and he knows how to get the best out of people um, and um, and maybe just putting a little bit of we talked about putting a bit of fire under Ndombele's um, belly. I don't know. Forgive, forgive the pun, um, but you know, getting a bit of fire under uh, Toby as well, like competition for places is, is it, it can only be a good thing. So, I, I think he played really well today, and obviously, he got the winner uh, in the North London derby. He shows the passion, and I know Mike said his, you know, his, his social media is managed and whatever, but we love to see it. Like we love to see that stuff. Toby's a good lad; he's a Tottenham boy, and and and, and we all know it. Come on, you Spurs! Come on, Toby! We do know, like I say, I think with Toby that you know you, you can't ever question his commitment and effort on the pitch. I think even during that period where his contract was, you know, you say under threat, but kind of massive in the middle point, of negotiations, that his performances for me it, never really dropped. I think he still put in an eight or nine out of ten every single week. And do you know what? And do you know what? He, he, you know, I don't know this, Mike. Maybe you've got a bit more inside track, but he, he won't going to sign a new contract. Well, not until Mourinho walked for the door. No. And, yeah. and again, that's very interesting, isn't it? It's very mm. telling. Do you not think, lads, course, that, yeah, you know, all of a sudden, Mourinho's come in and, you know, there's, there's an air about Mourinho. And again, we talk about serial winner stuff. And I know that I, I'm, not, I'm not the biggest fan of the football we're playing and some of it's utter dross. But, but, but maybe he's, he's, he's building that that winning mentality and I think Toby can help with that as part of the team for sure I'm glad you brought the footwork because we are going to go to that next but just before we do just a quick cut of shout out I think Sissoko worked ever so hard for Spurs but Lucas Moura Lucas Moura made 10 tackles against Arsenal the most of any player on the pitch I mean his work rate to be fair he was absolutely knackered by the end of the game but I have to give a shout out to Lucas Moura El Anderton says great effort and a joy to watch unlike the previous few games on this, in terms of the subject, in terms of the football, Rick, so I want to come back around to you because Spurs 
we just completed 33 passes compared to Arsenal's 187 in the first 20 minutes of the second half. And Arsenal had 84% possession since the break. And I think it's one of those things, Rick, that I think early in that second half, I think as Spurs fans, we were uncomfortable as we have been in terms of allowing the opposition to have the ball, especially when it's Arsenal. We've seen drop deep retreat what are you thinking Rick in terms of the style of football are you a fan that you can grin and bear it if we are getting the results I've got a theory that it, it, look we needed we obviously we know that the when when Mourinho came in that the defense was leaking goals and we was in a certain position and um you know like you know the, the defense needs sorting but we know as fans how much the squad needs revitalizing right so, okay, we're, we're leaking goals. He's, he's trying to shore it up. So when it comes down to the, to, to boring fo- football or, or the term fossil football, yeah, I, I think this is a bias. Like, And I think it's a bias that we've all kind of learned to accept because of how Mourinho's been at Man United and, and, and you know, when he has played quote-unquote boring football. But especially during Man United's time, there was some, there, there was some shocking football there. Okay, so I think there's a part of our bias, but he was a, he, he he took himself away, and I keep saying this point about Sacramento, who he brought in, the the the, the Lille staff that he brought in, and I think he needs players that he can trust that can that can do all aspects of the game. So when it comes down to defending, he can trust the defenders to do what they need to do, the midfield to do what they need to do, and the strikers and the attackers to do what they need to do. We haven't had that for a long time. We haven't had that. Um, under under Mourinho until for me today, like I, I like the the West Ham result. Um, his first result, uh, his first game, were, uh, were was a, was a, a a great game to, to to watch and see and kind of go all right and cool, fantastic. But up until up until today, I haven't really seen how his plan is gonna go is going to cohesively work with our style of football and what we want to do and how we want to achieve it. Today, I saw a glimpse of that. Plus, we got three points against the Gunas. Do you know what I mean? So, And, and I saw him up. I, I saw Mourinho up and jumping and, and, do you know what I mean? And and up for the fight. You know, he's trying to switch our mentality, you know, from being the, the quote-unquote nice boys. We've been called nice many a time. And I didn't realise what they were kind of saying until... He, until Mourinho actually brought it up and then like he's wanted people to start calling people out and kind of having more responsibility then we saw the Hugo Sonny clash who's going to who's going to clash with Sonny who you if if it's the last person that you're going to try and say anything to because you know he's a sweetheart do you know yeah, what I mean of course yeah he's, he, so, so but to see and then that, he scores today and then, and then right, he comes in and scores right, today and gets an assist right so, right. you know what I mean? It's, uh, you make some really good points on that, for so, sure. So, so so we're seeing... So so when you're saying swallow certain football, it's like, I don't think we're going to... Ha- I think, I think for, for now, I think to the end of the season, I think it's a work in progress. But like Mourinho saying, I've, um, I've got a little bit of hope and a little bit of faith that they're going to go... Like, they're going to surprise a lot of people next season if he gets the pieces that he needs to, needs, needs in, the, in, in, in the squad to play the game that he wants to play. You know, and he needs these soldiers within the squad, like Toby today. Toby was a soldier. Sonny was a soldier. Hugo's been a soldier for a, for a few games. Yep. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, if, if he can get some soldiers together, plus some pieces of the puzzle that he needs to fix, 
then then it might be exciting times for us. It might not be so much boring football or fossil football. He might he might shock the doubters again. Do you know what I mean? He might shut those people up again. Mike, I know a lot of this, we talk about the squad in terms of maybe the squad is going to dictate the style of football. But if you're looking at it purely from a factual stats basis, since the restart, one less point than City and Chelsea, same points as Liverpool, one defeat in six since the restart. Is it a case for you, Mike, where you just want to say, look, give the manager time Give him his own players and let's see what he can do. What what kind of mindset are you in, Mike, when you're seeing that kind of football today? Second half, we're retreating, we're sitting back, we're camping. Can you deal with that? Can you stomach that if it means that we're going to get the results and we want to give him the time now to see what this man's going to bring to the club? I want everyone to not get in the DeLoreans and start going back in time and talking about the past. We all love Poch. He was a great man. But maybe... Just maybe he needed a break too. Okay. And then he felt it as well. He seemed tired. He seemed drained. And we can all go on about maybe players he wasn't given or this and that. But I think it was the right time. We can't forget the 7 2 against Bayern. We can't forget the 3 0 Brighton. We can't forget the Colchester. It was tough. But let's, let's talk about the mental side of that as well. After the Champions League, it felt like we didn't really have a summer, did we? No. And we went straight into that season. It was really flat against Villa. And because Villa are a poor side, but we did come back. But as the weeks went on, we could tell that Newcastle defeat at home, poor. It needed a change. And Maurizio is probably better off with it as well. And do you know what? One day, he probably will come back. Jose isn't everyone's cup of tea. I totally, totally get that. However... He is the manager and he's going to be the manager for next season at least. He's got a big, big contract. We have to get behind him. If there are fans who just don't because he's Chelsea manager or whatnot, then fine. Then obviously mute, mute what I'm saying now. But at the end of the day, we're all Tottenham supporters. And any gripe we have with board, manager, anyone, after beating your greatest rivals, just put it aside and enjoy the next few hours or the next day going into work or going into logging onto Zoom because they don't come around often <laughs> and, it, and it feels good. And what will be, will be. My only hope is, is that Mourinho gets the opportunity to make the changes. He is adamant that when he says, I can make this team better because he's right when he says this and no one can disagree with this. It's so hard taking over a team mid-season. He was taking over a, a squad that was, it's 1% battery on your iPhone. You know, it needed re-energising. Totally. You know, players there, Brilliant players analogy. Players there who wanted to go. Delhi looks flat. Ericsson was going. Jan's not the player he was. Maybe not even Hugo. Hugo gets injured. Our number two isn't a number one. Harry gets injured. Sonny gets injured. We have to take all these things into account and give this manager a summer, a small summer at that probably, guys. We have to give him an opportunity. You have to. Otherwise, it's, it's, it, you have to think of the club. And I believe he cares and wants to do it as well. And also, let's flip it round. He knows it's last chance saloon at a big six club as well in this country, I think, as well. He knows. He's fallen into a great job. He knows and I think he'll be desperate to turn it around for him and for us. This squad needs major surgery. I mean, I think we were 
you know, I would, you know, Victor Meldrew the Monday, the Friday after Bournemouth. You, I'm sure most would say, <laughs> sell them all apart from Kane, sell them all. You know, and you have that attitude. But you look at the squad list; some probably need a fresh start somewhere. And we are lacking players. We're lacking. We're lacking creativity. We're lacking a second striker. Son will go off again. Kane will get injured again. You can't have four serious ankle injuries and a ruptured, I repeat, ruptured hamstring and be completely the player you was. You have to have an option off the bench. Now, you look at Chelsea as well. Still very pog at the back. But they're spending. You know, United are looking good. It's going to be so hard next year. You know, I keep saying in football, especially at the top, you stand still and you're only going one way. You're going backwards. And that was the problem with Tottenham. You know, the, the 4-1 win over Liverpool-Wembley was probably the worst result imaginable now because it gave us a maybe sense of, I don't know, but Liverpool, they acted. And yes, they spent money. They spent it wisely. It's irrelevant that they spent. Of course they spent money. And people can say to me, yeah, well, they had the Coutinho money. So what? We had bail money. And not that many of them were successful. They got it right. And we have to get it right. Spot on. Talk about getting it right. Yeah, spot on. 100%. 100%. Can Spurs follow up with yet another win? We've got Newcastle to come. Our next game. Spurs are battling for Europe. Do not go anywhere. We're discussing that in a very, very quick preview after this very short break. And taking you into that break, we've got a preview for the Newcastle game from the Gallogate Shots podcast. You'll hear him first, and then we're back to give you the very, very quick preview ahead of that game. The Opposition View. Hi guys, my name's Chris from the Gallagher Shot YouTube channel and host of the Always Smiling Faces podcast. I'm not looking forward to this one, if I'm being honest. I think if you had asked us this question a week ago, probably just after the Man City game where we got a hiding and, and your form wasn't great, I would have probably expected a draw, at least out of this one. But now, despite Newcastle's great start since the restart, we have looked more free-flowing, more attacking-minded. But the last three games have been dreadful. So we've conceded nine goals in the last three. Obviously, five of those against City. And City right now are beating teams left, right and centre, despite not being able really to, to push on, get any, any higher in the league. And it's opposite for Newcastle. So we secured safety. And it's clear that we have nothing to play for right now. Players are on the holidays, that, that cliche of saying what people are saying, got the flip-flops on. And you can see it, looking at the attitude and the body language of some of those players. It's shocking to see, um, without fans in the ground as well. It only emphasises that, so normally fans would, would try the hardest to, to get on, give give the players a bit more enthusiasm and, and that extra bit of a push to finish the season off, but it's not happening right now. We've got Steve Bruce there, who <laughs> rumoured to, to be linked with manager of the year's job, and Jesus Christ, if he's even in that lineup, we've got really serious, serious issues with the rest of the managers in the Premier League. And, and I'm not sure how much you would have heard about what's happened with, with Steve Bruce and the comments that he's getting through through the media channels for Sky Sports and the likes of BT Sports. So I keep coming out and saying that Bruce has done, done an amazing job, a fantastic job, and that's not a case. He's done a bang average job. It's just typical Newcastle United where our aim of the season at the very start of the season is to stay up. It's not a compete or anything like that. It's just not to get relegated. So if we're looking at not getting relegated as being a fan, doing a fantastic job and going down that, that route, it, it, it's shocking. But right now, it seems like Bruce is trying to force players 
to play in positions where they don't normally do. So we've got Fabian Scher. He's played defensive midfield sort of role the last couple of games there, and he's just not suited to that role. I think a lot of a lot of fans expect a defender if they they're a decent defender and a, a calm, confident defender who doesn't mind playing with the, the ball at the feet, that they'll easily just slot in the midfield and be able to perform there as well. And it's not the case. Fabian Schert, he is far too laid back on that ball, especially in midfield. In defence, he can sit back. He's got plenty of time and, and he can judge the play. When you're in midfield, you don't have that luxury. And with him in midfield, that really, really does concern us. And the same about Mankiw. Mankiw being our right-back majority of the season, he's probably featured in, in most of the games in that position. And now... He's been shifted over to the left-hand side. Obviously, Danny Rose is normally playing in there, who, who's on loan from yourselves there, and he would normally play in that position. Obviously, he's not going to be able to do this this game uh, because of being pairing club, but it's that worries his man, Q. His positioning isn't great. His defending looks half-decent at times when he's over on the right-hand side, but being on the left, it, it's been shocking. Players are just walking past him. And I, I think... When we are trying to force these players in unnatural positions, then it's horrendous. And and when you think about it, it's not a case where we can't fill those voids with players that that's the actual job role. So we do have centre midfielders. We've got Matty Longstaff. Um, we've got Bentaleb, who can play in midfield instead of Fabian Schur. And I really can't figure out why one of those two aren't playing. It, it might be a case with Matty Longstaff's whole contract issues and not wanting to sign a new deal at this moment in time. Uh, Bentaleb, not sure why. He, he's he's hit and miss, hot and cold. And I think without Isaac Hayden in that team and in that midfield, we lose any form of composure in there. I think it's a case where Isaac Hayden will do the dirty work, uh, the work that nobody else wants to do. And that frees the likes of John Joe Shelby up to go and perform to his best ability. And when the the other two players that I've just mentioned there, when Bentaleb or Matty Longstaff or even Fabian Scher get put in there, it's a completely different sort of player to what, what Isaac Hayden is. Isaac Hayden is the first one to go and leave a crunch and tackle in on somebody there and just let them know that he's there. Not an aggressive tackle on anything, but but just let the, the let his presence be known. And without him there, that, that like I said, that, that does worry us. Up top, of course, we've got the threat of Almiron and St. Maximum. St. Maximum is an absolute fantastic player. And if he's top of his game, he can't run at any defence and, and worry them. That's probably our biggest asset right now. If St. is at the top of his game, he'll easily take two, three players out of a game because they'll be too worried about what he's going to do. They won't want him getting anywhere near the box. And that, that phrase that people, like I said, Miggy up. And... Up top, we've got Joel in on our £40 million striker who scored 50% of his Premier League goals against Tottenham Hotspur, which worries you slightly. Uh, he, he's not getting on the score sheet. Hopefully that'll come back and bite us on the arse, but he, he's not a threat. He, uh, if I was Spurs, I wouldn't be looking at the team sheet and thinking, we've got to mark him out of the game. It's not that case. It's you, You've got to focus your attention on those two wide men. Just to wrap this one up, four years, I will probably go with a defeat on this one. I can't see Newcastle picking any points up. So I think it's going to be comfortable four years. And if you're ever going to be playing Newcastle United, now is the best time to play us. Like you've seen the last two couple of games, we have been absolutely dreadful. So, yeah, I'm not optimistic on this one. Sorry if I rambled on a bit there. But, yeah, 
fingers crossed I'm wrong and and we do get a point. But like I said, we're playing for nothing right now. Comfortable, can't get relegated mathematically. And it's just a case now where we're running the season out. The Opposition View. Hello, welcome to the final segment of The Last Word on Spurs. You just heard there from a Newcastle fan previewing the game. Now for Tottenham, it does feel like there's significantly more riding on this game now because European football is still on the horizon. And I just wonder, you know, Mourinho, after that game, stated that for him, he's played the Europa League two times, he's won it both times, and I would love to play it a third time and try to win it for a third time. For you, Lee, now Europe does seem to be now a, a possible option back on the table. Do you want to see Spurs finish that season strong and actually get back into the Europa League and have that early start to the next season, whenever that may be? We went after two title challenges um, in, in recent times, one against Leicester, obviously, and one against Chelsea. And both times, you know, both both of them teams respectively were out of Europe, but they only had domestic football to concentrate on. And I'm absolutely adamant in my mind that if we didn't have to focus on the Europe stuff that we were doing at the time, we, we would have uh, given a, a better shot at the title. I mean, up seven points, seven points behind Chelsea when when we when we lost that season and it ended up, you know, being ten or whatever it was uh, behind behind Leicester. But I'm pretty certain that um, you know that we would have been, we'd have been better for it not having Europe. But that's hindsight and hits and butts and so on and so forth. And European football is European football. You know, Jose has, put, has proved that he will go out and win European competitions, whether or not that's the Champions League or the, the Europa League. And you know, he, he won the Europa League with Manchester United only just a, a few years ago. So, you know, Tottenham fans, uh, me included, are, you know, we're desperate for trophies. We want trophies, you know, whether or not our other teams, are, you know, our rivals will mock us if we won the the Europa League, it would still be a fantastic European trophy to win. So I think for me, I think it's important to finish as high as we can. I think it's important to get back into Europe. You know, the Thursday, Sunday thing is a total nightmare. I remember it well and you know, all the mocking of it. You're playing on a Thursday night and we're playing on a Wednesday night and all that stuff. We won't be able to that anymore. But I do think that, um, you know, we, we're, we're quite well versed in, in the Europa League. So, I think it would. I think it would ultimately benefit us. And, and actually, Mike made the point earlier. You know, that you, the, at the end of the day, if we're playing every Saturday. You know, that, that's a full week. You know, maybe it goes against us. Maybe we are conditioned to play every three stroke four days, and, and it would only help us. So, I think for, for for me, when it push comes to shove, you have to try and win every possible game, finish as high as you can, and uh, you know, and, and get into Europe. And, and and I think we we can, we should do that. And I think we will do that. Can I just say, Jason sent me kind of an off message, Lee, also about, you know, the, the, the chance game round. He says, you can say watching Tottenham on a Thursday night, you're not in the Europa League because you're effing shy. What a feeling, what a night. So, I mean, kind of give it as a jib back to Arsenal. You know, we will be in it at the expense of them, potentially, depending on what happens with them in the FA Cup. Obviously, they're going to win the FA Cup. They will get a European spot. And, Rick, just to bring you into this, I mean, you look at Spurs at the moment, there's a good chance now that we're going to somehow end up with some form of European football on the back of what's been, let's be honest about it, a, a car crash of a season and you know it's a case where you know Newcastle come into this game they're 13th won 11 drawn 10 lost 14 there's a lot of murmurings there about a potential managerial change a takeover change even what kind of Spurs team are you going to expect because I look at Newcastle and the thing that worries me one of their players <clears throat> sent Alan Maximan this guy I mean the pace on him I mean I'm, you want him, don't you? I'm a lover for pace. I'm a lover for a player that goes at, you know, goes at players. But, you know, <laughs> you Spurs, like going quick, D, Rick. You like going quick. Spurs' recruitment policy, as we know, as we've discussed heavily on this show, 
not the greatest. But Rick, ahead of Newcastle, are you fearful in terms of the players they've got? Can they hurt us or do you think we should have enough to beat them? Uh, do you know what? Uh, Newcastle have uh, picked up form. And uh, like you say, um, you know, uh, Maximum has is, is, is been on fire. He's got pace. He's, he, he's got like, um, you know, like directness. Um, he's got an eye for a goal as well. A very dangerous player. Of course they can be dangerous. Um, I remember when, you know, we, we had every player that we wanted um, and we lost 5-0 last game. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, with, with Poch in charge. I think that was the end of the first year, end of the second year. I can't remember which one. But, um, so, look, they're, they're a different side, but they've got, they're on the up. They've got a lot to prove. Um, with new owners, new, new uh, billionaire owners possibly coming in any day soon. Um, you know, all the players have got something to prove. They all want their new contracts, you know, their bumper contracts. They all want that and they all want to stay now. And um, so they've got a lot to prove. Um, with us, it's, it's what I want to see is I want to see the build. I want to see now the next step. I want to see at least um, that, that performance that we just gave against the Gooners as the bare minimum. Like, the bar has been set now. The minimum has been set, you know. So, um, that's what I need to see. I would love to see a, a, a few players come in, um, ch- change it up maybe from the bench a bit more, you know, come 60 minutes. Because these, these players are going to be feeling tired uh, come around that time, you know. It, it's been a really tough week for them. Yes, the the kind of mo- the, the momentum of games and the rhythm of games is 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 probably good for us but at the same time you know there is going to be fatigue creep in and I don't I, I don't want it to creep into the mind let alone the legs so um, I, w- I would love to see a few more subs maybe 60 70 minutes um, bring, bring I, I would love to see Ryan Sessinger come on maybe even as a winger do you know what I mean but um, um, you know what after the after t- today's result um, to, to me the Europa League and, and kind of qualifying for the Euro, Europa League would, would be a good thing just because just we've got a, a lot of players and it'd be great to experiment in that. And like you said, um, you know, Mourinho, it's, an, it's another chance at a cup um, and it's another chance to kind of uh, get, in, get into the Champions League because with all our hope and, and with all this kind of bravado, we don't know what next season's going to bring. We don't know whether Man City are going to go out and spend 200, 300 million. The, the, the transfer laws have been relaxed a little bit so everybody can spend money next season. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen and who knows where we're going to be? So that kind of being, being able to qualify through winning a cup for the Champions League might be a viable option as well. And being criticised by other people, what are you talking about? Man United won it with Mourinho. Like, and they lauded it about, do you know what I mean? Chelsea won it over the Gooners and the Gooners can't win it every time they get close. So what, what is there to be kind of mocked about? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm over that now, man. I'm over that. Like, let's, let's go full hearted at what we can do and what we can achieve. You know, if, and if it doesn't happen, then we, then we have a kind of free season, a bit like Chelsea did that one season where they didn't have no European football and they just went full, full hog for the league. And they ended up having a, a a better season. So, you know, swings and balances. I, I'm just I'm just happy with this performance, and I'm ready to move forward with it. So, I want to see that same at least minimum standard bar set 
that's I need to see that against Newcastle. Yeah. Coming over to you, Mike. You know, Mourinho said after the game that he believes the next two days are going to be happy in the camp, but then we go to Newcastle. Newcastle's a good team and is the only stadium he's never won at. I mean, talk about tearing it up for an absolute disaster. What do you think, Mike? Can we go there and get a positive result? And how do you feel also about the potential of European football? Does that excite you, being in that competition next year? <laughs> Well, I mean, on Europe, it's still really um, up in the air how they're going to structure the fixtures next season. Um, because, I mean, you're looking at finishing the current one in August uh, and then, you know, the qualifiers are usually in July. So I think a lot still needs to be sorted on scale. What I, I didn't like the Europa League back in the day. It wasn't arrogance. It was just, it, it, I don't think Spurs were good. We couldn't juggle Thursdays and Sunday and ABB sort of prioritise Europa League because he said I wanted to win it because it means I'd retain it or some, some arrogant comment like that and I'd, I always think Spurs took their eye off the ball sometimes in the Premier League um, but looking at it in terms of the new season if they have to play any qualifiers if they do get into it well they would play qualifiers because they won't doubt they'll finish sixth but they could use those games as more warm-up games if they play I don't know Leicester sides from Finland, I'm, I'm speculating. It's, it's hard to tell at the moment because I don't think even UEFA are too sure how it's going to be next season. we still obviously got to wait for Manchester City's um, ban, the result of that. My prediction is they'll get a one year uh, and not the two, but that's just a prediction going by previous um, punishments. Um, would I like to be in it? Look, personally, no. I think, I think it needs... A club needs a reset with a lot of work done on the training field. Can we afford but to be out of it, Mike, from a financial perspective? Just go ask you that as well. Do you uh, think from a I financial perspective we're okay to be out of it? From listening to financial experts, you don't actually make much money, if any, from it. However, you would if fans were allowed back into it and you've got the three guaranteed group games. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a financial person, Rick, and I'm sure... If someone from the board was on this pod, they'd say, yes, we want to be in the competition, especially, as I say, if, if we were allowed fans back. Again, we don't know when fans will be allowed back into the stadium. But if they're at home in a, in a group game, you know, to a, a, a Wolfsburg or whoever, they're not really going to make any money. You know, you're very minimal TV money anyway. Um, but look, from the other side of it, and people will be saying it's a trophy, but I think the important thing is Jose wants to be in it. And if the jo if Jose Mourinho wants to be in it and he won it with a very average Manchester United side a few years ago, then that's who am I to say that we shouldn't be in it? He's the manager. He's the one who knows how to structure a team for Thursdays and Sundays. Be my only concern is the, is the gap. Um, going to Wednesday, I think Steve Bruce has done an excellent job at Newcastle. And it actually angers me. And it angered me that there was even talk about new managers at Newcastle when he was still in a job. I just thought it was so disrespectful. But I actually think he's doing a really decent so job So disrespectful, there. isn't it? Yeah, I totally um, agree with you. I mean, so he knows. He, yeah, I mean, he know, I mean, look, if Newcastle get taken over, he knows you'll be out of a job. But he can leave with his head held high. I still think they've, done, they've had a decent season. Um, I think Alex San Maximum has been fantastic. But... Who knows? I just, look, do you know what, guys? I don't know. Newcastle away. Could lose 3-0 off the yeah, back of so this. It's so, it'll be top, so, it'll so top, true. It's top, it's top the mitis, isn't it? Yeah. They give, you a little, they give you a little buzz, but then you get back down to it. You just don't know. 
Well, I want to go there. And as you boys are alluding to, you want to see Sessignon or whatever. Look, if that Davis Davis played Davis Davis worked hard against yeah. Arsenal. Yeah. If no, they agree. put if they if they want to put Sessignon, if if Jose sees Sessignon as a left wing back. Go for it because Danny. Ro- oh no, Danny Rose won't be playing. Sorry, but, no. yeah, but yeah. you know they'll be playing with left wing backs. But play Sessignon there. He's got a big pitch at St James's Park. You know I, I, that wouldn't bother me at all. Skip to come in. That wouldn't bother me at all. No. You know Kane to rest and Son up front. That wouldn't bother me at all. And this isn't me saying the game's not important, but it's saying that these boys have just worked their asses off yep. off the back of a load of a run of games. Yeah. Still want to win the game, of course. No, of course. And to be fair to Kane, you mentioned Kane there. He did everything but score, but he left everything on the yeah. pitch and was brilliant in that last yeah. 10 minutes ahead of Arsenal. Mike, just a very quick question I want to ask you before we go ahead for predictions. Um, this is a question here from Dom at DAC5. Dom, who says, would you sell Ndombele to fund enforcements in key positions? And can I ask you, Mike, for you, if it was key positions and you would sell Ndombele, um, players, you've named positions, but what players would you like to personally see Spurs sign this summer, if you've got a couple of minutes before we look ahead to predictions. Again, I don't want to be a cop-out, but it would only be if Mourinho is adamant that the money for Ndombele will go on genuine quality. I mean, the Willian line hasn't really gone away, but it, is he really who we're talking I don't know. I mean, we need a right-back, a left-back, a centre-half, a central defensive midfielder, I think a creative midfielder and a striker. Now, <laughs> see Levy listening to this, yeah, pulling thinking, yeah. God. Well, exactly. It's you're, like right, going you're right, though. You're right. That's what we like, need. It's like you're going right. into weight trains. You can't have everything. No. But that's the reality of what we need. I know we're not going to get it. Mm. But my worry about selling end on Bele is, is that wherever he rocks up, yeah. he'll be fully oh, fit, play every game, spot and, be, on. and be brilliant. Absolutely spot and on. And clubs, yeah. clubs know it. Yeah. That's my worry, Rick. And he'll be worth well, we don't know what the market no, will be like with I, the I pandemic. I bow down but he to will every word you're saying. You're, you're yeah. so spot on. I, I'm going to say he's going to leave us and he'll be a baller. Wherever he goes, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, yeah. Real Madrid, yeah. he will go there and he will become yeah. one of their best players and he will go and win a bundle. I, I honestly yeah. think this guy is world-class. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think, Mike, for a bit of more man management, I think we could have a superstar there. I honestly believe that. But I think with Mourinho, as we've seen in so many different clubs, he wants everything from the player absolutely everything and because Ndombele for me is just not in that mould in terms of busting a gut doing a warm up I think it could really cost us I think he's a superstar Mm. yeah absolutely such a shame alright let's do predictions then ahead of this big game against Newcastle let's start with you Rick prediction up at St James's Park what are you going for I'm going to go 2-0 you really dragged that out. You worried me there. What I, you were going for? I, I can't go against the clean sheet as well. Clean sheet, clean sheet, clean sheet. I said it. Even with Maximan, you're not worried. Yeah, we'll keep him quiet with Oria up against nah, him. Nah, mate. Fun. Like has got him in his pocket, bro. Does it's he, all good. Does he play? Does he play on that side? Does it against Oria? You could not make well, it you, up. You put him on that side. But you deliberately put him on that side, wouldn't you? Really? He's got to get through Sissoko first. Oh, God. I mean, no offence, that's got a deliberate doom, 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 doom at the end of that <laughs> move, whatever happens with bloody St. Maximan and Tottenham. I just dread to think what we're going for. So Rick is going with 2-0. Lee, let's come round to you. What are you going for? I think it'll be a tough game. I think there's, there's two there's two sides to, um, to, to the Newcastle and, and to the Spurs, and I think that you'll probably get a, a less pressurised environment for both sides. Mm. You know, Newcastle are safe and they're done. Um, so they can just go out and play their football and I think that's why they've been playing some good football at late and I think now with, with that 
bit of confidence that we've got after today's result. I think we're kind of probably doing the same. I think, you know, the Sheffield United result really hit it, really, really hurt me. And I know it hurt a lot of uh, Spurs fans because that meant that we weren't going to get Champions League um, or, 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 or the like. So, no, I think that we can go up there and just kind of take the shackles off and really have a go. I think it'll be high score. And I think, I, I think that I'm going to go with Spurs win just. I think it'll be a 3-2 Tottenham. 3-2 Tottenham. High scoring game there from Lee McQueen. Mike, coming back round to you, we talk about Europe. You say that for you it's not the most important thing for the club. It might be very more. What do you think the result's going to be up at St James's Park? 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. We're not going to follow it back to back wins, Mike, no. We're not going to, we're not going to get another win. Uh, I'd say third win Rick, the bounce it would be, I, wouldn't it? Uh, well, Bournemouth. Yeah, oh, well, sorry. I, yeah, Bournemouth. I hope, I hope, see, that's what happens. I've yeah, tried to forget yeah. that game, Mike. That's what happens, really. <laughs> I hope I hope I'm wrong, Rick. But um, I I actually I actually think Newcastle are, are all right, and mm. you know we are we, we we it might be one game too many. I mean it took a lot out of us this game, and I, I have yeah. to say, gonna gonna say I'm proud of the players today. I'm proud of them. Mm. No, I agree, and it's, it's nice to really end on that point. And I, I do go with you. It's not going to be easy up there, but I do think now having beaten Arsenal, maybe the confidence that will give in the camp. That I think we can go up to Newcastle and, and really do a job. But I think it's important to kind of emphasise and end on that. That I think we are proud of that result against Arsenal because in what's been a really, let's be honest about it, a car crash of a season, and we've got it all to come on Amazon, which um, we're all going to be delighted to look back on. That 22nd trailer Amazing. is enough for some of us. God, Can't wait for that. I mean, that 22nd trailer, the way that exploded, you think we could be having, I don't know what still to come. We've got three games left. It would be nice, mm. I think, now, between now and the end of the season, I think, to have European football. I know some people that, again, this is the kind of thing, that growing up for me, Spurs being in Europe was a massive thing growing up. And I think now, kind of at 30, and with the kind of, okay, modern age fans, and it's all about the Champions League, I think, being in Europe is still so important for a club. And when you've got Jose Mourinho at your football club, this is a serial winner that has won everything there is to win in the game and has got a great record in the Europa League. I think he'll want to see that option as a trophy he can genuinely deliver. And can he do it at Tottenham? We keep talking about, you know, winning trophies. That's what it's about. That's what he's here for. So let's hope that's what he's here to do and get Spurs over the line. Mike, been a pleasure having you back on the show. Thank you for joining us. A real instant reaction from that game. Pleasure, pleasure, Greg. Always enjoy coming on. Thanks, oh, mate. You're a diamond. Michael Bridge there from Sky Sports. Looking forward to seeing Mike back on our TVs very, very soon. The brilliant Ricky Norwood back on the last word on Spurs. We've loved the high energy of Rick, the high pressing God. If Mourinho could adopt some of this high pressing high energy, we might be all right, Rick. What do you reckon? <laughs> well, fingers crossed, my friend. But listen, always an honour and always oh, a pleasure to be diamond. on the show. Great to be on the show with a uh, with, with a win against the Gooners. Yes. I mean, this one's got to go down in history. Uh, <laughs> well, until next season, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank you very very much, my friend. Oh, I look forward to the next one. You're done. Pleasure is all ours, and also delighted to have, of course, alongside me, been on regulars for this season, a number of couple of seasons, Mr. Lee McQueen, who's overseas and still joining us. Lee, thank you ever so much. Course, mate, going through the storm, the storm that is Tottenham Hotspur on the road to recovery. <laughs> Beating the Gooners today in a 2-1 victory. Come on, the Spurs. Up next, Newcastle. Are we going to do it? Of course we are. Never in doubt. What's all the moaners? What's all the haters? Get out of here. Come on, you Spurs. See, that's what we got, Leon. You know, people say we bring Lee McQueen every, every week. We try to. We're trying to recycle and bring him back out there to kind of give you the love. Listen, big game against Newcastle United. We're back with you on Thursday reviewing that game and Spurs' push for Europe. Keep the faith. Come on, you Spurs. And as always, North London. Is white. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. 
So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.